vacation, and I think my body's having an allergic reaction to uh, sunshine and rest. My body wasn't used to that, so got a little bit of uh, something going on here. So just uh, bear with me if it gets a little uh, <clears throat> coffee or something like that. So, all right. So I, I love the whole idea of uh, Encounter Youth Camp. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like Bible study youth camp, although Bible studies are great. I mean, how many of you guys have actually had your lives changed at a youth camp? Anybody? Yeah, it's absolutely radical. So our kids have, and so, yeah, I, I love that. How many of you guys realize that every time you hear the voice of God, you're having an encounter because Jesus is the Word of God? Yes. I think a lot of times we think that encounter has to be, you know, like the angel showing up to change your name or something like that. No, no, no. Every time you, uh, every time you hear his voice, you're encountering him. So that's just good news. So I want to talk today uh, more about speaking in tongues, the language of the Spirit. And so how many of you guys were here last week? How many of you spoke in tongues more last week than you had the week before? All right, good, good. I really, I feel like I'm supposed to hit this two weeks in a row because the Lord is really on this. There's something about that spiritual language and all the benefits it does that he wants us to just highlight. So I want to start off by looking at a statement from the greatest missionary, perhaps the greatest theologian, the greatest apostle, um, perhaps the greatest follower of Jesus who ever lived. He wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else. Of course, I'm talking about the Apostle Paul. And here's what he had to say. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. The Texas translation says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all y'all. And so, it doesn't actually, there's no Texas translation. I'm just kidding. Oh, don't even start on me here, guys. Uh, that's a pretty significant statement. Paul is saying, like, uh, you know, he's speaking to a church in Corinth, and he's like, if you were to put all your tongues speaking together, I do more than this whole group put together. That's a pretty significant statement there. And ask yourself, how could the busiest, most effective, most anointed, humblest minister in the New Testament, person who did more to further the gospel than anyone in his generation, how could he place such an emphasis on speaking in tongues? Isn't that interesting? John G. Lake, uh, one of my favorite healing ministers, he had over 100,000 documented healings. Not like, hey, my back's, uh, you know, starting to feel better. It's, I mean, these are people who had medical reports. There was things that nothing could be done for them, and they had miracles. 100,000 documented healings. Here's what he says. Tongues has been the making of my ministry. Smith Wigglesworth. How many of you guys heard of Smith Wigglesworth? One of the great healing revivalists of last century. Just, uh, you know, dead raisings, all sorts of just radical faith. He's called the apostle faith. He was known um, to have spent at least an hour every morning praying in tongues said he would uh, get up in the morning, dance before the Lord with all of his might until he was exhausted, and then he would begin to pray in tongues for an hour. I thought that was interesting. Do you guys know the Bible talks more about speaking in tongues than being born again and the virgin birth combined? Isn't interesting? So there seems to be kind of three kinds of speaking in tongues. I'm really only going to focus on one, and so, uh, uh, but I just want to name them. Uh, the first one is tongues that are not understood by the speaker but understood by the hearer. So you're speaking in tongues, and somebody's actually hearing it in their own language. So Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, uh, verse 4, all of them, this is the 120 in the upper room, were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. They'd come for the uh, Feast of Pentecost. Verse 6, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? I remember when, um, when I was in seminary in Springfield, Missouri, Mary and I were at a, a service, and a guy stood up and gave a message in tongues. And so when someone gives a message in tongues, that's a gift of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. It requires an interpretation for everybody to be edified. And so this person stood up and gave a message in tongues, and what happens, it was actually um, it was a, a Native American language. 
Stands up, gives it in this Native American language. There was an unsaved Native American sitting in the audience. I thought, wow, that's really interesting that they have this kind of diversity, you know, of worship that they would kind of give this. And so he goes and investigates it with the pastor a little bit more, and he introduces the guy. The guy had never learned Native American. And he was actually preaching the gospel in the message in tongues. And when this guy found out, he actually got saved. Interesting. My mother-in-law, Mary's mom, she was on a mission trip over in Germany, and somebody manifested a demon. And so they came and got her for some reason. There was a whole bunch of other ministers, but uh, my mother-in-law is a powerhouse. And so they came and got her, and so it was really a violent demoniac, and she didn't know what to do. And so we call that emergency tongues, right? That's one of them. And so you just, you just start speaking in tongues under those kind of stressful situations. And uh, she was actually speaking in German and casting the demon out in German is what the analogers said. She never learned German. And interesting. So that's one of the, uh, one of the, uh, form. the second kind of speaking in tongues we see in the Bible is the gift of tongue that functions in the corporate setting that does require interpretation. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 27 and 28. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two, or at the most three should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. And so one of the gifts of the Spirit in the Bible is someone gives a message in tongues, someone gets up and interprets it, sometimes it's the same person doing it. How many of you guys have ever been in a service where someone gave a message in tongues? I remember it happened a lot more, it seemed like in the 80s, and it would always be the Sunday when someone would get up and give the message in tongues when you brought a guest. You guys remember that? It was like, you know, it was like you did, you're overcoming enough weird barriers and you came and then it would be the person, um, you know, I, I've got lots of stories on that. Okay, uh, but neither of those are the focus today. Today I want to uh, look at the gift of tongues that's available for every believer in our devotional life. Maybe uh, you may have heard it called praying in tongues, praying in the spirit, your personal prayer language. Um, this is what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 14, 5. I desire for all of you to speak in tongues. Isn't that interesting? And so there is a gift of tongues that some people have, but when it came to just speaking in tongues in your private prayer language, it does a bunch of things that we're going to look at today. He says, I want this for all of you. Every single person can have this gift. So do you remember the, um, uh, the believers in the day of Pentecost? It says in Acts 2, 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. When we're talking about speaking in tongues or praying in tongues, we're talking about you are speaking in a language that you have not learned, and the Holy Spirit is giving you those words. Because we looked at this a little bit last week, and so if you're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come on you like a seizure, and all of a sudden your tongue is kind of possessed by God, and you're going to be waiting a long time for that. I don't know if you guys realize, everything in the Bible has God's part and man's part. There's very little things where God just does stuff independent of our cooperation. Some people are like, well, if God wanted me, I've heard this before, if God wanted me to have the gift of tongues, he'd just give it to me. Um, that wouldn't work in any other area of the Christian life. God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. If, if God just wanted to save, he'd save you. No, no, he, he already did his part, and now he's waiting for you to come into agreement with it. And so if you're just waiting for, to get filled with the gift of tongues, you're going to be waiting a long time because God actually wants you to partner with it and believe for it. Let me uh, read you the Acts 2.4 in the uh, English Standard Version. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Um, here it is from the voice. As the Spirit empowers them. So our part is speaking, moving our mouth, um, moving your lips in faith. And God's part is to give you the words that make no sense to your mind. So just like every other part of the Christian life, it takes faith to pray in tongues. Speaking in tongues, it takes you out of the natural realm of your mind and gets you into the supernatural realm. 
And I, I really believe that speaking in tongues is the gateway to the supernatural. You see throughout the book of Acts, it was the first kind of, once they got saved, um, they would get baptized in the spirit or water baptized, and they would have an encounter with the Lord that would enable them to speak in tongues. And it was kind of the first thing into the supernatural realm. You, it is, it's, it's not for your brain. Here's what I want to do. I want to look at what happens to you when you speak in tongues. And so uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. So we see two significant things here. I'm going to spend the rest of the time talking about these two significant things. Number one, when we speak in tongues, we speak to God and to God alone. And number two, when we speak in tongues, we're actually speaking mysteries. And I love this because it, it deals with the two biggest hindrances people have when they speak in tongues. And so uh, the first hindrance is when we pray in the spirit, it's easy to feel disconnected because we don't feel like we're really talking to a real person. I mean, you, guys, you know what I'm talking about? Like you're speaking in tongues and it just, it just feels like just gibberish just coming out of your mouth. It doesn't really do. But this can take your tongues to another level and you realize when you're speaking, you're actually speaking to a real person. You're not just speaking into the atmosphere. He who speaks in a tongue, no one understands it, but he's speaking directly to God. When you're praying in your tongues, you're not just filling the air with sound. You're not just emptying your minds and uh, speaking out gibberish. You're talking to God. You're, you're connecting with your Heavenly Father in a personal, private way. You're speaking straight to the heart of God, and he understands it even when we don't understand it ourselves. It's interesting. When Jesus taught us to pray, the very first thing he does is help you understand the, uh, our Father who art in heaven. Prayer is addressed to a person. It's not just speaking into the atmosphere. It's actually a person. When we pray in the tongues, the Holy Spirit is releasing a language that produces intimacy. Now, I know that there's been a lot of teaching in the, in the past couple of years, and rightfully so. We love all of it. It talks about intimacy with God and friendship with the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, is one of the best ways to develop a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. If you want, why? Because you're actually yielding to the Spirit of God in your life, and, uh, and so you're becoming more sensitive to His flow in your life. Listen to this. Tongues is the language of the secret place. Tongues is a speech of intimacy. It is a lover's language. Remember uh, back in Matthew 6, it says, um, you know, hey, don't pray, uh, you know, to, to be seen by men. It says, go into your prayer closet. Remember that? And so the prayer closet was something interesting. So the Jewish men, uh, especially rabbis, they would wear uh, uh, this tallit around them, and they would cover their heads, and that was their prayer closet. The idea was you don't have to go into some physical space, you know, you're out and about working, and, but, you know, and out, but you want to pray, but you can't because you've got to go to your secret place. The idea is, is right there between you and God, you can create a secret place. I want you to see when you pray in tongues, you're instantly creating a secret place between you and God. You don't have to go and do something special. You don't have to, like, you know, put out the candles. Or, I mean, I don't, know what, I don't know what candles would have to do with prayer. I don't know. But you don't have to do something super special and change your clothes and do, you know. When you talk to someone, uh, you have to stop and listen to what they're saying. Uh, most people realize this. Some people don't. Um, but when you talk to someone, you have to stop and listen to what they're saying in order to understand. When you're praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit can communicate directly to your spirit without you stopping and listening. Like, like in a, a normal human conversation, if I'm talking, I'm going to have a difficult time listening. Right? Just nudge your spouse. Yeah, right? But it doesn't work that way when you're praying in the Spirit. When I'm praying in the Spirit, I'm still talking, but God can communicate directly to my spirit with me gaining understanding, with me being built up without me having to stop and figure out what I'm saying. 
You're communicating with God on a spirit level. Because prayer is a dialogue and not a monologue. And when it comes to praying in tongues, it's the same thing. I'm speaking, but he's also speaking directly to me at the same time. And so sometimes it'll be that still small voice. Sometimes it'll be gentle impressions, renew our minds. Sometimes it just transforms your emotions. I'm not sure if you've ever had that. Like you just, you're just kind of feeling yuck. And you go and you pray in tongues and just all of a sudden you're replenished. You have no idea why you feel replenished. It's not like you got new information or anything, but there's just something that happened. It's like, wow, it's, it's going to be okay. Things are, things are different now. Sometimes you get insight into a situation. Sometimes you feel uh, something rising up on the inside of you where you're actually interceding for something. How I many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Where you're, you're like, I don't know what's going on, but you just feel kind of like this warfare language uh, rising up. Sometimes God will actually show you what you're praying for in the spirit. Sometimes the spirit of worship will, pro, will settle on you as you're, as you're praying in tongues. You just begin to feel this thing just bubbling up of goodness for God. And why? You're being directed by the Holy Spirit on what you need so you can come into alignment with his will. He's praying the perfect will of God through you. Listen, you don't know what to pray for. When we think we know what to pray for. But we've got the Holy Spirit who literally knows the exact same thing. I think I brought this up last week. I mean, wouldn't it be awesome to have like Reinhard Bonnke or like Heidi Baker or Bill Johnson pray for you? I'm like, yeah, that, I'd wait in line for that. That'd be amazing, right? You have the Holy Spirit who is on tap, available 24 hours a day. All you have to do is speak in faith, and he will begin to fill it. And he will pray for you the perfect will of God. It's amazing. So the main purpose of praying in the Spirit is just fellowship and intimacy with the one we love. And I don't have a scripture to prove this, but I just think 90% of your prayer life is just fellowship and intimacy with God. Imagine a friend who only came to you when they needed something. How many of you don't have to imagine very hard? You've got some of those friends. It's like the only time you get a phone call, I was like, hey, I'm a little short on cash, bro. Can you, can you hook me up? I'm a, yeah, I'm, okay, I'm not going into those illustrations. I had one, but I'm not going to do it. And so, um, but yeah, it's like, you know, that's not like a real intimate friendship. You're not like, hey, man, let's, let's do life together. This feels amazing, right? And so, you know, our relationship with God is a relationship, Okay, where we're just fellowshipping with him, we're enjoying him. And it's, it's okay to pray for things, but if you only come to God when you need stuff, that's not a real, uh, it's not an intimate relationship. Okay, that's a kind of a sugar daddy thing or something like that. All right, so the first hindrance we face when we're speaking in tongues is it doesn't feel like we're talking to a person. And so we can see that we're actually talking to a person and he can talk back to us without us having to, to be silent. Um, the second hindrance is we do not understand what we are saying. And it just sometimes gets, it just feels a little weird. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. Now I want you guys to get this, because when you're speaking in tongues, you're entering into a realm that the Bible calls mystery. So mystery is a realm that God hides things, secrets. He says he'll show you things to come. A revelation. All, this whole realm here means you can't figure it out with your mind. You can't look at this thing and do a, you know, a cost-benefit analysis and figure it out, run a spreadsheet on it. No, no, no. The only way it can be um, revealed is if the Holy Spirit reveals these hidden things, this mystery realm. I want you to see, you're tapping into the God stuff when you're praying in the Spirit. You're literally tapping into that mystery realm. Listen to 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 through 12. This is crazy. Uh, these things, mysteries that they're talking about, God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person, which is in him? 
So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Let me hit the pause button right quick. Nobody knows what you're really thinking except you, right? Your spirit knows what's really going on on the inside, right? Nobody else. They kind of get a picture, okay? He's saying it's the same way with God. No one really knows the mind of God except the Spirit of God. Okay, we can kind of get some outside glimpses. We can see through the Word of God. But now your spirit and God's spirit have become one spirit. So you have direct access to the mind, heart, wisdom, revelation of God. And that's called the mystery realm here. In uh, verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. I'm so glad it says freely given us so we don't have to think that, okay, tongues is, is this new works thing. And if I'll just pray in tongue, okay, that's the new key. You know what the new key is? Jesus paid for it all. Like, like that's the key, okay? And so uh, us praying, praying in spirit is not works, it becomes wisdom. It's like, hold on, Jesus died and, you know, he saved, healed, delivered, prospered, protected. He puts it all in this mystery realm. It's going to be wisdom for me to begin to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through my tongue. I remember one time I was, uh, actually I taught, I was teaching on tongues a couple years ago. And as I was teaching, I got this picture of, have you ever seen like those oil, I don't even know what they're called, like oil riggers, you know, they're like, you know, like constantly going down and digging stuff up. You know what I'm talking about? What's it called? Oil Derrick. Okay, thank you. I'm glad we have someone with a genius IQ. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. So um, an oil Derrick. And so it, it goes down and it draws up the oil that was already there. It doesn't create the oil. So when you're speaking in tongues, it's like your tongue is going down into your spirit and drawing up that oil that was already there. You're dipping into those reserves and now you're bringing them out. And when you speak them out into the atmosphere... Remember, guys, God doesn't just do stuff. Well, Jim, God is sovereign. Yes, and he sovereignly chose to give you a tongue that can speak in, in the spirit. If you're just waiting for God to just sovereignly bazap you, you're going to have a boring life with no miraculous. Just, I feel bad for you, man. Okay? And so um, God is sovereign, but he sovereignly chose to give you a, a tongue so that he says the, um, uh, the uh, earth is the Lord. Oh, no, it says the... Oh, Sorry, I'm having that allergic reaction to sunshine and fun. Um, the, say that again. That's, that's the one. Yeah, God has, owns the throne in heaven, but the earth he's given to the sons of men. And so the, he, a man took back the keys to authority on earth. Do you remember Jesus said all authority on heaven and earth? Okay, It's men who have authority. So God is not just coming down and just taking over. If you ever wonder, why doesn't God just take over? It's because he, he likes free will. Okay, like any relationship you have where someone just takes over, that's not a real relationship. Okay? I remember uh, we were doing this, uh, we were this thing with, the, I, I don't know if you guys know, I was youth pastor for one summer. Fella, that's all they let me do. And, uh, oh yeah, I, I, yeah. I barely made it. I, I'm still praying for those kids. But... We did this one thing where we were kind of doing like answers to tough questions type of thing, you know, and so, and so uh, the one pastor was kind of like the devil's advocate asking the tough questions, and I was like trying to answer them, like that type of thing. We're sitting on a stage, and one of them was like, you know, if, if God's so good, why doesn't he just take, you know, why is there evil in the world? Why doesn't he just take over? And so you guys remember Barney, the uh, purple dinosaur? 
I know Barney gets a lot of hate. My wife couldn't stand Barney. I had no problems with Barney. Of course, I wasn't home with the kids watching Barney as much as she had, but I'm all, the, the song, I think it's a great message. I love you. Like, it's a great message. I got no problems with Barney. And so I had this Barney doll, and when I would squeeze the hand, he would do, I love you, you love me. We're best friends like friends should be with a great big hug and a kiss from me to you. Won't you say you love me too? Now let's quote some scripture. I'll see if any of you know any scripture compared to the Barney song here. And so, I, so I'm up there, and, um, and so they asked a tough question, you know, well, hey, if God's so good, da, da, da. And so I, I played the Barney song. I got Barney in my lap. And I'm acting like it's really affecting my whole Barney. That just means so much. Squeeze his hand again. Sings the song again. And, uh, and I said, you know, what's more meaningful? Someone who's programmed without a free will to tell you that they love you or this? And I had, uh, I, the kids were just like four or five, and uh, Evan was just a baby. And I said, um, or this. And I said, boys, come up here. And they ran up and jumped on my lap and smothered me with kisses on their own free will. We actually didn't even plan the thing. Guys, this is why God doesn't just come and take over, because he doesn't want a bunch of Barney robots just doing his will. <laughs> the joy of any parent is when their kids are old enough to not, want, to not have to spend time with them, but they choose to. It's the joy of our Heavenly Father that even though you got a free will and choose not to, but when you choose to, it's the glory of every dad, the glory of every mom. Verse 13 and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. You notice how many times the word spirit's being used here? Because we're talking about a different realm. The natural person does not accept things from the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Sometimes we hear things that are just, you know, woo, out there like in the Spirit, and it's easy to just kind of despise us. Oh, just come on, give me a break. That's because it says the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They're folly, folly to him. It sounds so wise to be balanced. So, you know, Jim, we need to be balanced. Like, like I'm not sure if you read the Gospels. Like, you know, you, um, whoever seeks his, seeks his life loses it. That's kind of out of balance. It's like, ah, oh, that seems kind of extreme. You know, I'm like, like, the whole Gospel's out of balance. You know, all of me for all of him. Okay? We're not talking about doing something balanced here. So remember, imagine like AM radio and FM radio. So I'll just pretend AM is like almighty, okay? This is like God's, God's, God's frequency is on AM. FM is, we'll just call it like flesh mode, all right? FM, okay? And so if God is speaking AM, you cannot go into FM. You could go up and down the aisles, yeah, up and down the dial, going, you know, station by station, trying to tune. You could go back and forth and be super sincere. You're not going to hear anything from the Almighty until you switch over to his realm. I want you guys to see this. When you are in flesh mode, when you're trying to figure these things out in your own strength, and listen, God's given you a mind. A mind is a good student. It's a terrible teacher. You're not meant to be led by your mind. You're meant to be led by your spirit. I'm going to talk about how these things that are in your spirit come up to your mind here in just a second. But if you're on, if, if, if God is speaking F AM and you're on FM, you guys are you guys are speaking right past each other. You guys seeing the problem? Jim, that's great, but uh, what good does it do me if all this is in my spirit but not in your mind? It does you good if you know how to draw it out. Okay, so how do we tune into that AM, that almighty realm? Uh, how do I access the mind of God? 
One way, this isn't the only way, but one way is by speaking in tongues and interpreting what you're saying. 1 Corinthians 2, 7 from the King James. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Paul got his wisdom from God in this mystery realm. Okay, this is 1 Corinthians. He's talking about this mystery realm. I want you to notice, we're going a couple chapters still in 1 Corinthians, and he's going to be using the same word, mystery. Okay, God speaks in this mystery realm, the hidden wisdom of God. How do we access this, this mystery? Okay, it's the same word, the same book, the same author. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in his spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. I want you to see this. When you're praying, it's your spirit that's praying. Your brain is, is not getting this. Sometimes your brain's actually offended by what's coming out of your mouth, okay? Um, here's the deal. There's a gift of interpretation for the corporate setting, but you can pray that your mind becomes fruitful to interpret the tongues you're speaking. So you're praying in tongues. You're uttering this mystery realm, and you can say, God, show me what I'm seeing. Show me what I'm saying. This is actually one of the greatest ways to get revelation knowledge. Some of you have had this happen. You've been praying. I remember Mary and I one time we were driving down the road. And I was just kind of praying in tongues under my breath. You know, I don't, I don't know that Mary could really hear me. And I had somebody come to mind that we, you know, we weren't talking about, hadn't thought about in a long time. And about five seconds later, Mary says, hey, what do you think about this person? Like, we haven't heard from them in a while. The exact same person. What's going on? What's going on there? There was a spirit realm, and so we said, listen, we're both thinking about this person. Let's call him, and it turned out that person actually had a need. We were doing. What's going on there? That's that mystery realm, and we got we gained understanding on it. So how do you get out of your spirit and into your mind? You pray in tongues and then pray to interpret so you get spiritual revelation knowledge. The crickets begin to... So how do you get out of your spirit? How do you, how do that, that, what was that thing called? The oil, Derek? How do you, how do you, how do you pull out the oil, the, the, the goodies in the, in the spirit into it? You pray in the spirit into that, into that mystery realm, and you say, God, show me what I'm saying. Now, in my experience, I have not found I get an instant interpretation a whole lot. What I find for me personally, what it seems like is me just walking around, you know, Lance Walnow talks about him like Mr. Magoo, just walking around praying in tongues, got up and opening doors, you know. And so you're just kind of walking around praying in tongues, and I feel like that primes the pump so that, I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but you're, you're praying in tongues, and like a couple hours later, all of a sudden, like, you get ideas. It's like, oh, man, like, like you know they're better than your ideas. You know that they're God ideas when it just happens out of the blue. You're not sitting there concentrating. I don't know why this is, but for some reason, when your hands are engaged in something kind of mindless, your spirit opens up and you're able to get downloads. Like doing dishes. Like I'm not sure if you guys have ever had that happen. You're like you're doing dishes and it's like God's just talking to you. I don't understand it, but there's something about being engaged with your hands that doesn't take a lot of concentration. I'm not like talking about like like you know doing brain surgery. You know like like oh yeah I'm just getting all these thoughts about my future. You know <laughs> like like concentrate. But I'm talking you know like mowing the grass. I uh, like for me like washing the car. It's just like God's speaking to me about that. And so there, there's something on that. Paul says, pray that you interpret the mysteries, the perfect wisdom of God that you're speaking uh, so your mind is fruitful. 
And so uh, imagine uh, you've got this well with life-giving water, but there's no bucket to draw it out, and you could die and just be feet away from getting life-giving water. See, we're not trying to pry God's hands open. We just need something to draw out what's already in our spirit. Tongues is that bucket that takes what's in here and it begins to speak it out. Uh, it helps us. Remember we saw last week that it sets the course of your life and affects your whole body. Remember, literally, you're, you're, you're speaking your destiny so that, God, you come in with your authority on earth and to the authority of heaven and also saw we began to see the health benefits of it. Tongue switches you over to that AM so that you can receive God's AM signals and he can teach you spiritual truths to your spirit. When I, speak, when I say speak in tongues and ask God for an interpretation, I don't mean pray, stop, and get a translation word for word. Okay, a lot of people are like, okay, I just said uh, Shabbatabba. Okay, Lord, what is, what is Shabbatabba? And like, it says it's an interpretation of tongues, not a translation of tongues. And so if you've ever, uh, I, I don't know a ton of this, but I've spoken overseas, and I'll say like one sentence, and they'll say like five. What are they doing? They're interpreting, they're not translating. They call them a translator, but they're actually interpreting. And so it's, 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 sometimes it gets kind of funny. You're like, I know I didn't say what you just said. <laughs> like, like, they're, you know, they're, you know they're, they're, yeah, whatever. So sometimes when I'm praying in tongues, I'll ask God for an interpretation, and if I sense something's coming, I'll just sit down with a pen and paper and just wait quietly. Why? Because the shortest pencil is better than the longest memory. When God's speaking, your journal is just a record of the voice of God in your life. Okay, so words begin to form, meaning opens up, and the knowledge of what I was praying for begins to open up. And what you want to do is you just want to get a gist of the truth. You're not trying to like get levels of detail, but just, Lord, just show me what it was I was praying for. Revelation doesn't always come word for word, but you get impressions, pictures, emotions. 1 Corinthians 14, 15. I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the mind also. So we pray both. You pray in English, if that's your native language, and you also pray in tongues. So I'm not saying abandon the one, but this one, is, I feel like he's just been so neglected. I feel like I have available to me this giant heavenly faucet labeled Jim's Prophetic Destiny. Guess what? You have a giant faucet labeled, insert your name, Prophetic Destiny. And when I pray in tongues, I'm opening up that faucet. And things begin to happen in my life and in, my, in the, uh, the lives of those around me when I pray in tongues. Some of you, you've already been interpreting the tongues you're praying and you didn't even recognize it. Uh, I told you about that time when Mary and I were, um, uh, you know, we, we were thinking about that same person. <clears throat> but you're speaking in this mystery realm and you're just going to get ideas. You're going to get strategies. I, I love how it says it in John 14, 16. It says, uh, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. Yes, do you know what an unfair advantage we have over the world? That God will actually show us things to come. I'm not talking necessarily about like what's, you know, what lotto numbers to pick and those type of things, but like you get a sense of, okay, this is this next season coming, now I know how to prepare. What's that? That's that mystery realm that you're accessing when you speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues with interpretation is an all-access pass to the mind of Christ. Do we need to stand up and like stretch or something, you guys? Speaking in tongues with interpretation is an all-access pass to the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 14, 4, the one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up. We saw last week, 
Uh, it means to, to build or to repair. Someone came up to me afterwards and said, another pastor done a sermon, and he referred to it as the prayer that repairs. I was like, ooh, I wish I'd have had that. That's, that's good. Literally, when you're praying, like, you know, our culture, we are, uh, people are crazy about, you know, physical fitness and health, and, and I, it's good to have wisdom and all that stuff. I would just say, don't put your faith for health in your ability to figure out all the right foods to eat. Put your faith in your health in God. I'm not saying, you know, like, eat an all-twinkie diet and expect, you know, just like amazing energy and stuff like that. But listen, um, what a waste to spend all that time, energy, resource, and effort developing your physical body when you're spiritual, spiritually weak, apathetic, and vulnerable to every attack of the enemy. So people are working out, and Paul says, hey, physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. And so, listen, if you're spending all this time focusing on your health and your body and all these things and neglecting your spiritual health, building up your spiritual body, you're out of balance, gang. And I'm not giving you a free pass to, like, like, yeah, like I said, the all-twinkie diet. I think it's funny. People are like, oh, you know, the Mediterranean diet is, is the key. You know, there's always some new diet. I'm like, uh, all the people who came to Jesus that needed healing were on the Mediterranean diet. Let's not put our faith in the diet, all right? That's wisdom, but that's good. Listen, I love going to conferences. I love receiving impartations. I love books. I love series. I love taking courses. But nothing can build me up as effectively as praying in the Spirit for an extended period of time. No teaching or impartation or prophecy can replace the power of my spirit rising up and bringing my mind, will, emotions, and body into alignment with the Holy Spirit as I speak in tongues. I don't care how many hands you have laid on you. A lot of people, they look to books or sermons or I need a prophetic word or an impartation as a source of spiritual fire. If that's a source of your spiritual fire, it'll be gone by Tuesday. However, if it serves as fuel for your fire, then it'll last for decades. I'll just say this. Nothing can replace the secret place. Listen, guys, we all know this. Like, like this isn't anything new here. But the moment you begin speaking in tongues, it's like you're putting that prayer, you're going into that prayer closet. You're, you're immediately entering into that mystery realm, and you're, you're doing things that are so far beyond your comprehension. Paul says, man, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. Jude, uh, verse 20 and 21. But you, beloved, building, building yourselves up. I want you to see this. God is not building you up. You are the one who has to build yourself up. In your most holy faith and praying in the Spirit and the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to life. We have a responsibility to edify ourselves in the Holy Spirit. Listen, nobody else can do it for you. Nobody can renew your mind for you, and nobody can edify your spirit but you. It's you building yourselves up, and it says it keeps you in the love of God. That's amazing. If a battery in a car runs down... We don't uh, blame the battery. We're like, oh, my gosh, this battery's got, you know, what do you do? You hook it up to another power source, so it recharges that, and it can run the whole car, right? This is what you guys, when you're speaking tongues, you're recharging the battery so they can run the rest of, the, of what you need. I'm going to close with this illustration here. Jackie Pullinger, uh, how many of you guys have read the book Chasing the Dragon? You ever heard of this book? Okay, well, let me tell you about it. <laughs> Uh, Jackie Pollinger, she was a missionary and evangelist who'd uh, been ministering in Hong Kong since 1966. In uh, early days of her ministry, she worked with gang members, prostitutes, drug addicts, and they lived in a, a section of Hong Kong called the Walled City. 
And it was during that period of her life that she discovered the power of tongues to free people from their chemical dependence on drugs, specifically heroin. In her book, Chasing the Dragon, she shares many stories of addicts who were miraculously delivered through praying in the spirit. She tells the story of Akai, a heroin addict for 10 years with a $100 a day habit who withdrew painlessly in less than a week. Here's what she says. If he experienced any twinge of pain, we would quickly urge him to pray in tongues, and the pain would miraculously disappear. Now, we know without a shadow of a doubt that praying in the spirit was the answer for painless withdrawal from heroin. A little while later, she writes this. Uh, a word quickly spread along the attic grapevine that if they, were going to, if they were willing to believe in Jesus, they would receive some kind of power that enabled them to kick drugs painlessly. As each boy arrived, the miracle was repeated. He came to Christ and came off drugs painlessly when he prayed in the language of the Spirit. Guys, I don't think any of us has any idea really how powerful it is when we pray in the Spirit. When you're praying in the Spirit, you're talking to a real person. Your mind doesn't get it, but you are releasing a spiritual power. One translation says about um, praying in the Spirit, edifying yourself. It builds an edifice to house the revelation. It's like you're building the structure that God's glory can fill. Now you've got something to put it in rather than just all this stuff. So here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to stand up. And I want you to remember back to Christmas Day when you were a kid. And I want you to uh, imagine presents under the tree. And I want to ask you a question. When you saw those presents under a tree, did you begin to plan out how you were going to earn those presents? Like, all right, I'm going to do the dishes. I'm going to wash the car. I'm going to do all these things so that I could get... No, no, no. That's not how you receive a gift. You don't do a bunch of things to receive the gift, okay? So I, I, I know we've come from different traditions and things like that, but you do not have to earn the gift of speaking in tongues or earn the gift of the Spirit. This is not time to go, okay, I mean, I was always taught, you've got to consecrate yourself. Like, you've got to get rid of all the sin. I'm like, isn't that what Jesus was for? Like, you're trying to get rid of all your sin. Oh, my gosh, that's going to that's gonna lead to some depression, like just focusing on you, Okay. What I want you to realize is, um, I love Luke 11, where it says that if anyone asks for a piece of bread, um, you know, if you ask your father for a piece of bread, he's not going to give you stone. If you ask for a piece of uh, meat, he's not going to give you a snake. And it says, how much more uh, the father delights to give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask. This isn't time to beg and pray and tarry. And people talk about the tarrying meetings. They only tarried one time. That was the book of Acts because they were waiting for the, t- the fullness of time to come so you could come on Pentecost. Remember, the day of Pentecost in the Old Testament, they gave the law, 3,000 died. The day, on the New Covenant, the day of Pentecost, the Spirit came and 3,000 were saved. Remember, they were, they, they were tearing because they were waiting for the fullness of time to come. That's what Acts chapter 2 says. So now there's no waiting and tearing and begging and pleading and making deals. And You guys know what I'm talking about. I've, I've made plenty of bargains with God. I'm not sure any of them worked, but you know, I felt powerful. Anyway. And so if you have not received the gift of, of speaking in tongues, I'm just going to ask you to be open to it today. And so we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to pray for you, and uh, we're going to have our ministry teams are going to come down, and they're going to help you guys if you want to uh, receive extra. I know there was at least seven people last week who received um, that, that, that we know about. So, yeah, yay God. In addition to that, I think there was two or three kids in the children's church who received it. And so I don't know what's going on in there, but uh, that sounds exciting. So... I want you to just get that picture. This isn't me trying to earn it. This is me saying, God, I just see this as a gift to build up my inner man, 
to enter into that mystery realm, to, uh, you know, to begin to show me things. Like, um, just all the things we've talked about. God, what an amazing gift you give me. I want this gift of speaking in tongues. Just remember, it's not for your mind. Your mind is going to hate this thing. And so, but for you to receive this gift by faith, you are going to have to speak. You're going to have to move your lips and your tongue, and the Holy Spirit will give you words that are not for your mind. Okay? And so, uh, here, here's what I'm going to do. We're going we're gonna to end it the way, uh, this is how James Maloney taught it to me, and it just, it just works. So out of Job 33, he said, I looked up, I opened my mouth, and you filled it with words. And so I'm just going to ask you guys, to, if, you're, uh, if you're wanting this gift, and uh, if you already speak in tongues, just do it. And just, I feel like God, there's a lot of people who speak in tongues already that God just wants to amp it up. He wants to just re-highlight how important this thing is because of all the benefits are just crazy. And we're going to need that for the way we're going. Okay, we're not just trying to make it to heaven when we die, right? Like God's not trying to get you into heaven when you die. He's trying to get you into heaven before you die. Remember he said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's within reach. You can live in it now. So we want to access that realm and, and live in, in something beyond ourselves. And so if you're a little bit nervous, it's, it's okay. But we're just going to, uh, I'm going to have you guys look up, open your mouth. I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come and, and for you to receive it. And then you're going to, by faith, just begin to speak. And uh, guys, it's not for your brain. And um, all right, here we go. Holy Spirit, we love you. You're wonderful. And I thank you for the language of intimacy. Lord, I thank you for the language of the secret place, for we're, uh, literally, our words are being led by your spirit. It's, it's such a supernatural thing. And because it comes so easy, God, we can turn it on and off. Let us not despise this gift. I pray that you will re-highlight the importance of this gift. So, Holy Spirit, for those who are here and they want to receive, uh, I just pray for an extra grace, that it is a gift. Just in your own heart, if you have not received this gift, just say, God, I want this gift. Just between you and God. Lord, I want this ability to build up myself in the holy faith, to enter into that mystery realm. All right, again, you're going to have to move your mouth and lips, and the Holy Spirit will give you words that are going to offend your mind. And so uh, Job 33, I looked up. So just look up. I opened my mouth, and Holy Spirit, come and fill their mouths. And